want you to do something right now. I want you to lift your hands and open your heart to the Lord. There's a real happening of God in here today. And He wants to be personal with you in your heart. Encounter with you today. And there's a real drawing of the Lord right now in presence, in heart. And most of you know that. But as a corporate body, we need to add the yes and the amen to the happening that's happening. When God's drawn, He's standing at the door and knocking at your heart. He's doing that corporately here. Deeper, higher, richer, weightier. And today He's doing that in your heart. All He needs is the responding. As He's drawing, the yes and amen. I give Him the yes and amen from your heart right now. Will you tell Him, I recognize you, Lord, right now? Today is, is your day. And I'm responding to your drawing right now. You stand at the door and knock at my heart. And I'm going to respond right now with a resounding yes, Lord. With a resounding yes and amen, Lord. I'm coming up higher. I got to go further. I got to go deeper with you. And you're making it available for me by your spirit and your presence even so right now. So I'm sending out that response. Deep calls unto deep. And you're calling me. But I need to respond right now. For the next five years of your life, possibly. This responding now, saying, Lord, I don't understand it, but I sense it. And this happening of God right now between you and me. And I'm going to say yes to you right now. And if you want to, and you feel that drawing of God, I want you to come to the altar. And make that contact with you and the Lord. Personally, right now. Just respond to the yes and the amen. The resounding sound. Yeah, you're drawing me. But a definite yes and amen, so be it. But open the altar. Just find your way up here. You feel him knocking at the door of your heart. Just respond. Just respond. Forget those around you. Give him that place. Give him that next phase of your life. Worshiping him. Come on, come on. Let's keep worshiping. 
everyone in the house, everyone that's a son and daughter of God, lift your voice to God. This is real right here. God is here, and I felt like he was saying, you know what, I am here, and we need to acknowledge that he's here, and he's here to change lives. So if you want to be forever changed, don't miss out. If you're tired of dealing with the same stuff, don't miss out. Don't waste this time, this opportunity. It, it may seem like a big thing to come up to the front, but it means so much and uh, symbolically and with your heart. Uh, but personally, I want to be changed. I want to move to that next level. I felt that draw. So if you want to be forever changed, if you want that next step into your next, uh, some of you guys are transitioning to the next phase of your life. Uh, don't miss out on something simple as coming up to the altar and having that true encounter in your heart with God. Tom, give me Hebrews chapter 12, if you would. Let's stay in the spirit of things. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, I believe it is. Verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside, say lay aside, Today's a laying aside of some things for your life. If you haven't done it so, I'm going to make room for you. Give you time with you and God to lay aside some things. That means take off some things. Lay aside every encumbrance. Say encumbrance with me. Lay aside. This is the definition right here. To renounce some things in your life. Lay aside. Say lay aside. I need to renounce some things in my life. As I'm talking... And it speaks to you, make your way up to the Lord at the altar, encounter Him. To lay off or aside, renounce, to stow away. An encumbrance has to do with you're carrying something bulky, a weight, a burden, a mass, an encumbrance, a difficult concern. If that's what you have, come on up here, get rid of it. Take off something and put on a new man today. Amen? A burden of responsibility. A load off your mind. An encumbrance. A headache. A worry. A vexation. A concern. Okay. Something or someone that causes anxiety. A source of unhappiness. A major worry. A dead weight. An oppressive Encumbrance, say encumbrance. A burden, an imposition. Something unpleasant.
obstruction that impedes or is burdensome, a hindrance. You have any of those I read today? I want you to come on up. So I need to take this off, take off this old thing. Some of you, the truth of the matter is, there's some stale garments in the house. And you've been in battle and some of your, your garments, the clothing you're wearing in God, so to speak, you just wore out and wrung out. You need to tear that garment off and get ready for the new one. You need to put on a new mantle, a new man, a new level, because that's where God's drawing us for, a new thing right now in our lives. That's the happening of God in this house. That's the happening of God in this church. And if you got that old garment on right now, just take it off. Lay it aside. That burden that's encumbered. It's not even talking about a sin right here. It's a burden. It's a thing that you're holding on to. You need a fresh garment. Take off that old as a point of contact at that altar. Say, I'm taking this off, and I'm getting ready to put on this new thing. Because I'm going higher with God. I'm going higher with the Father. I'm going deeper, and I'm going wider. That's why I'm here.
put one hand over your heart and one to heaven and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for drawing me today. Thank you for calling me today. Thank you for visiting my heart today. By your spirit, by your life, directly into my heart. I had someone right now just came up and it moves me in prayer and I'm going to not indulge in their personal life, but it's the treasures that are God, that belong to Christ. Paul calls it the surpassing privilege in Philippians 3. The surpassing privilege of knowing Him. The surpassing privilege of serving Him. Of knowing the will of God. Paul said, Paul the Apostle, by the will of God. We've cheapened that so much in religion, but by the will of God. And this individual came today and said, God really impressed something in my heart, spoke something in my heart, and I know maybe what I feel like I want, my will, and maybe my relatives want that will for me, but he made it clear to me, that's not the will of God for me. And man, to hear people say that right now, because following God's will sometimes, there's a cost involved, and all the pressure you get from families, and all the pressure you get from carnal men and women, all the pressure you get from the outward and Jesus said it simply like this is not life more than these is not life more than this more than monies more than careers more than being richer than the next guy is is not life more than this the Lord said and then they came up and and when someone acknowledges God and they say this is the will of God for my life and this is the will of my parent my uh, carnal relative or my carnal whatever but this is the will of God they're in that place of Gethsemane where they see the will of God and they go, hey, I see it's your will. But if there's another way, and the Lord never compromises the way. When you call out and say, I want you, I want your way, there's no compromise. And if this cup might pass, and we continue to do that, we wrestle in Gethsemane. And it's an honor to see people doing that, going to their Gethsemane and wrestling. And not just self-indulging, and not just their own will, and not their own self-appointing. But really seriously following God's will. And wrestling in that Gethsemane. And all of a sudden they get to the point, they say, you know what, this cup is not going to pass me. So I'm going to drink it right here and right now. With your eyes closed, if that's your world, you didn't come up here. 
like this other bold individual. If that's where you're at, you've been asking God for his will, the real will of God. And he's beginning to reveal his will to you as these months have gone by. The will of God, the purpose of God for your life, that destiny of God for your life, that happening of God for your life, and you know that. And then that cup pops up. If you haven't drank it, I want you to drink it now. Say, you know, I'm drinking the cup. I'm not going to sweat blood anymore in this garden. I'm not going to toil anymore. The cup's not leaving. It's been revealed to me. I'm drinking it. Whatever that is. Some of you, it's been cups of other relationships that you wanted, you thought, you planned. And God says, that's not my plan for you, kid. This is my plan. Here's my cup. Here's my will. Will you drink it? If you don't, it's going to follow you all the days of your life anyway. Drink. Drink that cup today, will you? You feel God vying for your will. I heard it from the sound of that woman of God. I heard that sound. Say, I'm drinking the cup. I'm coming out of Gethsemane. And I told some people last week, then you go to the cross and go fast. Go to the cross fast. Hang on that cross. Die fast as you can on that cross. That's your cross. You bear your cross following that will. Hang on it. Just die really fast on it. The faster you die on it, the quicker you experience the resurrection of Christ in that area of your life. And if that's you and you drank the cup and now you're saying, I've I've got got to take up that cross. I'm picking it up. I'm picking it up. And I'm going to hang on that thing. And I'm not struggling anymore. I'm giving up the ghost on my plans on this, so to speak. So I'll enter this resurrection real quick. Amen? These are ways of God. These are realities in God. It's not your common religious thing, right? Where you get to do whatever you want. Pray a prayer and say, Jesus, come into my life and I do what the heck I want for the rest of my life. That's not Christianity. Christianity is you're awakened. Say awakened. And you've been born again. You have an awakened spirit. You're no longer dead under God anymore. Jesus paid a great price to give you a place in the Father. Don't you remember what we talked about? He said, I'm going to pay that price. And and everybody's saying, I want to go here. I want to go there. He goes, no, I made it for you to enter the Father's heart right now. This is the way, the truth, and the life. This is the way. Amen. As I'm talking and God's ministering to you, all he's looking for today is the yes and amen. That's all I'm hearing. There's a great drawing of our lives. Come up higher. Come up further. Come on deeper. Come on. I love you. I got a plan for you. I want you to come up. Say come up. Come up higher. I want you to come up. I'm drawing you. I'm drawing you. All I need is the yes and the amen from you. And I can continue. You got to catch it. All I need is the yes and amen. Then I'm going to catch it. Amen. All I need is the yes and amen from you. Come up higher. He's drawing us. It's individually, but it's corporately. Do you just something you want to say? Um, hi. Um, I'm Bonnie. Um, I live in Odessa. Uh, what what this was about this morning for me was that. Um, a lot of years ago, um, graduated from high school, went off to college, had a terrible time, almost felt robbed of uh, uh, my college experience. Let me say I was always expected to go to college and graduate. I was always expected from my family to be a professional um, person, woman. Uh, 
that wasn't God's call in my life. I got really radically saved when I was 19, and God gave me a different direction. Praise the Lord. Um, I've had a recent change of events after 30 years of uh, a, a divorce. And anyway, uh, God put me back in school, gave me a direction professionally, and I was like, yes, because um, I like that kind of thing. I like to go to school and like to learn and felt like that uh, God was restoring something that had been stolen from me when I was about 19 or 20 years old uh, for, from just bad experiences at uh, a major university in, in this state. Anyway, so I went back to school um, at Odessa College which is really weird when you're in your 50s. It's kind of a strange experience, but it was so beautiful on so many levels. God, I loved it. And so I have all these people telling me, oh, you need to finish, you need to go do this, you need to go do that, you need to go on from every direction, from my family, from the people I work with, from the people at college. Everywhere I turn, they're telling me, get this degree, then to get that degree. Now, see, that calls to me as a... As a uh, soulish person that calls to me on my earthly level all right that's not God's plan I found out last night for me and I never really felt like it was a, a I never really had heard from the spirit of the Lord on all of this uh, on continuing on and on but I thought hey why not well the Lord told me last night my my, my plan was I am to finish at Odessa College in December with, um, I'm a paralegal, and then I'll finish my, my study and graduate from Odessa College in December. And my plan was to f- continue to finish at UTPB uh, with a bachelor's degree. And he told me last night, he said, uh, Bonnie, if you, this is the Lord speaking, the Holy Spirit, I heard the Holy Spirit okay, say to me, if you continue uh, with your bachelor's degree, if you continue to seek that out, you'll do it without me. And I thought, I can't even get out of bed without you, God. I cannot continue. But what that means to me is to break off years upon years upon years of feeling like a failure because I did not finish college, which was told to me from when I was young that you will do this, you will do this. This is, this is a given. This is just going to happen. And breaking off that identity that it was never really God's plan that I go that way. So this is a big deal to me. It's a big deal for him to say what he said about encumbrances and and false identities because everywhere, like I said, the environment and where I am daily, that is how people get their value is what diplomas are hanging on their walls and what people call them, you know, attorney, lawyer, professor, doctor, whatever. That's been the world that I have been in. So um, to hear something different from God is a is um, it's wonderful, it's challenging, it's hard because something has to break off of me. And I mean seriously, you guys, in heart and mind, I am, I am old enough for this stuff to have been around for a good long while. And to break it off is like, oh, God, am I not a failure? I wonder, you know. Okay. Amen. Thank you. Put your hands together. Amen. Uh, that's showbread. That's testimonies of life. That's God in a person's life. Amen? Amen. Anyone else before I go any further? Anything they want to communicate from their heart? I'm, um, 
most of you know uh, some of the things that uh, my mother has been going through. Um, we put her in the nursing home uh, this uh, past week, and um, uh, the uh, place that she's at, she is. Uh, um, there's just some 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 things still going on uh, that may or may not be. Um, good as far as the world's concerned uh she she is saved um you know she will uh if she were to die she would go on to be with the lord <laughs> thank you for that <laughs> um but um as her power of attorney and and a guardian there are some some decisions that that uh, I have had to make along the way. And um, here's my frustration. If this were a sheet of paper, I would want it to look like that. I would want it to look with the writing and to be able to go before God and say, wow, okay, that that's what you want me to do. This, this is what you want me to do. There's no doubt it's done. Uh, I continue to say where the will of uh, my faith starts where the will of God is known, and so I'm going, hey, I know the will of God. But that's not how it's coming, and it's it's a real challenge for me uh, because I want to project, and I want to say this is what the will of God is. And what is actually happening, and it's something that I got right there, and it was I will unfold. Will you believe me in it? I will unfold. Will you have faith in that? That I am who I say I am. So this is this is what's happening. He's he's bringing me this, and he's and each day is an unfolding. He says, and this is what I want you to do today. Today I want you to do this. I don't know what's going to happen five years down the road. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But are you willing to do this today? I'm going, but God, I want to, I want to know the projection. I'm giving you this today. Is that good enough for you? And I say, yes, Lord, it's good enough for me. I, I, I will do that. My worry can't come for tomorrow. And he tells me that. He says, take no thought about tomorrow for it has its own things that need to be taken care of consider today and eventually i will tell you this today and eventually we'll get to this in this circumstance but it's a whole new level for me you know maybe for y'all y'all got it but for me this is a whole new level of faith and trusting in god and, uh, you know, I've, uh, I want to thank you. Thank you for your prayers. They do not go unnoticed. There's no distance in prayer. I, I feel the strength of it. And even in the times that, that I get tired and I, I, I want to uh, go to another place, I feel the strengthening 
of prayer. And uh, I want to thank you for that. I know you guys are praying. And, uh, uh, you know, I believe the Lord. I'm not a novice. (laughs) Uh, I've been here many years. He's telling me this, and I know that it's true, and I know he'll unfold it, and I know he'll care for me and even for the ones I love the rest of our days. Many he wanted to come up here. Or do you want me to go back there? I'll make him up here anyway. I just want to thank the Lord for everything He has done for us. That He has kept me here. That He has loved me so much. The death of our our son, I have gone downhill, but the Lord has kept me up, and I thank him because I know I'm nothing without him. I have failed him so much, and I want him to be in my, in me. I want him 100%. I want him, I want him to be my life, my love, because I need him. And I know everything's going to be this Wednesday, and I want the Lord just to be with Juan and my children. Because he has given me the peace. And I just tell him I love him, and I thank everybody that has been praying for me. And I ask the Lord not to make me cry no more, not to let me cry no more for Brian, because I know he's with the Lord. He's dancing over there. He's praising the Lord. He's walking. He's not sad no more. There's no more tears, no more hurt. I'm happy for him, but I miss him. I just want to thank the Lord so much, and I want him. I want the Lord in my heart so much. I want him to be the first love in my heart again. I want to live for him and die for him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, everybody that's been praying for us. Thank you. Amen. Why don't you pray with them? With, stretch your hand towards them. There's been some battles, and God heals hearts, and the process of mourning that causes healing. And we do miss people, but. We'll see him again. Amen.
Minnie, I just wanted to share something with you when uh, service first started and you came up for prayer. The elders prayed for you regarding your healing. Um, I felt like you're just such a precious sight to me. And I know you are to the Lord. And I, I felt like the Holy Spirit was just speaking to my heart to just, you know, observe my servant many. See my servant many. A tireless servant who has many more years on the earth to love me and to serve my people and to serve her family. And I just I just felt that come up in me, but it was like he was just spotlighting you and showcasing you, not you, but you as his daughter with Christ in you and all those things that were just you were uttering forth that you desire and that you want. I see those I see the fruit of that in your life already, him being your life and you loving him and the way you tirelessly serve. You're a tireless servant of the Lord and many, many more years of loving him and serving his people and serving his family. He just said, observe, you know, my servant many. Anyone else? It seems a different order today for sure. Anyone else have anything? There you go. I just need you to close your eyes for a minute. I just feel like my heart is so full this morning. I heard Josh come up this morning and talk about what God has laid on his heart. And and then Jimmy started talking about how we're a family of God. And it just, I just can't get that out of my mind and out of my heart this morning. Because I started thinking about the years, years ago, when God started joining the people in this fellowship and the people that God put in my life. And, and I would have to say that I look out and I see Anna and Craig and I see Arthur and Sharon and I see Patricia, and I mean, we've been through some battles together. And Josh, what you're asking, it's such a commitment. And I started thinking about how God talks about marriage is a mystery. And God talks about marriage in the Bible, and he talks about that. But he says, I'm not talking about men, men and women. I'm talking about the church. And I thought, that's what this is. It's a marriage. It's a commitment. You're saying, I want God. I, I hunger and I thirst and I long to be in his presence. I want to be with other people like me. And, and I really want you to search your heart and say, is that what you really want? Because I'm telling you, it's commitment. It's commitment. It means you're given of yourself. And I remember back in the day, just so many years ago, we were coming and, and I remember our kids were young and I remember how hard it was. And all of a sudden, we were coming to church on Sunday morning, and we were coming to church on Sunday night, and we were coming to church on Tuesday night, and we were coming to church on Wednesday night, and it was, it was crazy. I just thought, God, why are you requiring so much of me and my family? My kids are in school. They need to go to bed. They need, we need to be at home with them. And God said, no, this is your time. This is your commitment. Are you going to marry me? Are you going to take that step? And make that commitment to this body. And I'm going to tell you, it was hard. It was tough. It was a hard road. But I love it. It has been such a blessing to my life to make that commitment. And I mean, we were there all the time. There, my kids will tell you, Mom, we were at church all the time. We were always there. We're always there. Always there. But I'm telling you, we walked through life together. We've celebrated weddings and babies and it's been fun. And we've been together when we've suffered. 
through death, through just unbelievable things. We've walked it out together. We've never been alone. And I just thank God for that. I thank God for my church family. When Josh came up this morning and said that, I just got so excited because I thought, it's the next wave. It's the next wave. It wasn't just us, guys. It's for you. And I want to encourage you, young people, every one of you here, to step into it. I am so encouraged when I come and I see these young people. It is such an encouragement. It's like a breath of life to me. So I just want to encourage you, don't take it lightly. Don't take what he said this morning lightly. I believe God had put it on his heart. It's the next wave, guys. It's the next breath. Catch it. Catch it. Make that commitment. In your heart, make that commitment. Craig's going to kind of give up here. No, never give up, he says. Make room. Thank you. That's fun. <laughs> this is a kind of a after the fact retrospective of what I've seen go on here this morning. The, the song we spent so much time in uh, saying, I want to sit at your feet. I want to drink from the cup. I want to be that close to you, Lord. Is that's the that is the impetus of this morning. That personal up close experience with God. People have testified. Arthur testifies of being up close to God right here this morning and hearing from him. Bonnie says she heard from him. Those are real experiences, but the only way that happens is being up close to him. Let me let me back up. The way that happens personally is by being up close to him. It can happen corporately from a distance, and you get kind of a overwash. You know, you kind of get wet because you're around the people getting really drenched. But it's better to get in the flow. Be up close. And I just want to use this example. In John chapter 13, the, the story of the Last Supper is a really, really important uh, uh, little scene in, in my belief, in, in what I stand on, what I trust in. And it's, uh, I want you to try to hear this without focusing so much on what it is was uh, being said but the fact that something was said and how, okay? I want you to focus on that. So in John 13, the disciples are sitting around together, and it says, and I'll stay in King James here. In 23 it says, Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. That's the way John described himself, okay? John was describing himself leaning against the bosom of Jesus. Now that's not the way in all the translations write this, but... I'm going to stick with King James because it's, it just paints such a beautiful picture. That John is seated, uh, seated uh, one translation would say, says in the place of honor, but right next to Christ, right next to him. And, and then King James says, leaning against his bosom. That's right here. That's right here. If you're leaning against someone's bosom, you have... You have a, uh, an intimacy of understanding of, of, you know, is every move. We sing songs about that. Even this song we sang today, something about that. 
And Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be of whom he spoke. He spoke about someone betraying him. That's what Jesus had said out loud to everybody. And Peter says, well, who, basically, well, who is it? He then, lying on Jesus' breast, said unto him, who is it? John, up close, like under his breath, up next to Jesus, says, who is it? And Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Jesus, Iscariot, the son of Simon. Now, let me just go ahead and read, read on so you understand this whole thing. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, That thou, dost, uh, that do, thou, that thou doest do quickly. Now, no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. All right, so that's the point I want to get to. The rest of the people at the table, the, the disciples of Christ, those guys closest to Jesus, they didn't understand what all was just said and done because the only one who heard the part that Jesus said is the one I give this to was John. He's the only one that heard it. He asked up close, who is it? Jesus says, it's the one I'm giving this to. That's because the rest didn't understand. What, what's he doing? When he gives him the bread, he says, what you do, do quickly. That's what they heard. They didn't hear the other part because they weren't laying against his breast. They weren't that close. But you can be. You have been. We all have been at points in our, in our walk, but how about staying there? How about laying there all the time, up close? Who is it? What is it, God? What is it you'd have me do? What should I lay down? How are you going to unfold this? Up close. So he speaks to you in your circumstance, something you need to hear. Personally, that's intimacy with God. John exemplifies it here, laying against Jesus. He's up here close. Let me just do this. He's like, this is how close he was. Who is it? God answered him. He'll answer you. you. Do you have a real need? Do you have something you really need an answer to? Get up close. Sit at his feet. Lay against his bosom. And say, what is it, God? I need an answer. Let's just do that today. If you stand to your feet and if Judah would come back here. And if you want to stay where you are and tell your neighbor to pray with you, um, let's do this. Let's ask God for whatever the direction that you have need of. Whatever it is for what your next is for your life. Whatever you're desiring. If you want to come to the altar and pray, or if you want to pray with each other, you know, let's feel free to do so. And just say, I want to know. I want to, I want to hear you on that area. And uh, listen, uh, today is a different day. We didn't have like a, uh, a teaching, exhortation, but we had an illustrating. Will you say illustrating with me? God moved through song and, and led, and uh, Bonnie showed us 
how to drink the cup in the will of God. It was illustrated. Say illustrated. I didn't have to, a teaching on it. I got an illustration of somebody's life, right? And so when you come to that place and you do know the will of God, the illustration was, I, I got to drink this cup. Not my choices, not what I think, not what I want, but what I know is revealed in a real way to me. God's will. Amen? And then Arthur followed it up. If you want to go to a scripture later and, and uh, get more out of it, go to Matthew 26, 27 regarding drinking the cup in Gethsemane. Then Arthur came up and said, I'm going to show you, I'm going to illustrate my life. This is what I've been going through, and uh, I'm going to show you what's happening, and I'm learning something about the unfolding will of God. Say unfolding. So if you want to go home and you want to get more out of that, he illustrated it and gave his life on that. But if you want to know more about that, you go to Jeremiah and uh, ask Tom later after you leave. And the principle of what he's saying is how it works. It's like Jeremiah, God says, I want you to go get a girdle. And he goes, okay. And he, he gets it. So there was the unfolding. And the next verse he says, now I want you to take that girdle down to the river. And he does that. And it unfolds, right? And then he says, I want you to turn around and take that girdle. And then prophesy to the nation. And he does that. Say unfolding will. But you got to start with that first step. you got to obey that first step of the will of God for your life. And with your eyes closed in that. See, these were illustrations. Uh, God, he didn't sermonize to us today. He, he, uh, he gave us an illustration. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Eyes to see. It might be foreign to a lot of us, right? Because we're used to this time clock and all that. But God's speaking through his kids, right? through everyone right and then beth comes up and says i'm going to show you what you do once you know the will of god once it's unfolding to you you got to commit to the will of god you got to commit to it because you might not feel this way tomorrow it's a commitment and she's saying and prophesying it's a marriage you might have the warm and fuzzies and say i love you man you're my dream but tomorrow there's a commitment when you don't feel the feelings right so all this was illustrations of the will of god and then Jimmy brought us right back. God and Jimmy brought us right back around. Said, so how do you get to know it? How did you even hear it? You got to put your head on his bosom. You got to have enough interest to get that close to him to hear what you need to hear. Amen? So tell your neighbor, I got illustrations. I got impartations. I got words from God today through many different vessels. Amen? Did you catch it? Did you get it? That's how God speaks. It doesn't have to be just, you know, 24 all the time here. We do. We teach. We have lines. We do all those things. But when God speaks corporately like that, we grab that word, right? With every head bowed and every eye closed. Those of you that when these different vessels were expressing Christ, that you could say honestly in your heart, you know what, I, I know the will of God right now. I know the cup that I got to drink and I know the cross that I got to take up and I know the self that I got to deny. I want you to throw your hands, whether it's a relationship, whether, okay, I see the hands. I see the hands. Oh, good, good. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Keep those hands up. And if some of you are in that place, if you've had some fears, you go, you know what? I want to have the whole projection like Arthur was saying. I want to have the whole ball of wax. And now you just learn today, you know what? I live in the now. Say, I live in the now. I live in the presence. Jesus said, I am. We live in the I am right now. That's what we do day by day, moment by moment. And you throw off right now as I'm speaking. Throw off the fear of tomorrow. For tomorrow has no fear in itself. You're living in the right now. We're in the new birth with Jesus, the I am. And we live here right now with him. 
today, whatever you need today, whatever it is today, I'm going to make it easy for you that you know God's told you just that moment now, whether he's told you to walk away from this, join this, whatever he's told you, that one part, and you can't figure out the rest, like Arthur was saying, and projecting it, just choose what he's chosen for you. That's part of the will of God, right? And if you see that today, you, you put this into application right now. So tomorrow you'll be living in it. You say, okay, Lord, I, I see it. I'm committing. Say committing. I'm marrying it. I'm marrying the will of God. Jesus said, this is my meat and my drink. To do your will. The will of God is a real thing. It sets you for the next years to come. You got that? If everybody's got that and they got the application, I want you to raise both hands to heaven and begin to thank God. Begin to praise Him for who He is. And thank you that you can apply these things in your reality right now. Whether it's going here or going there. Whether it's talking to this person or talking to that person. Whether it's moving here or living there. Whatever it is that God's calling for, the will of God. Paul, an apostle, by the will of God. Not by the will of men. Not self-appointed. Not self-choosing. Chosen for you already. Let's worship Him right now. Because bottom line is, what Jimmy's saying... Where we get that is when we begin to worship God. Say, I'm awakened in spirit. Matter of fact, with every head bowed one more time, I'm going to do this. Every eye closed. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ in a real way, and you know he's tugging at your heart, and you know he's standing at that door and knocking, I want you to raise your hand before him and before heaven and say, it's time for me. You're drawing me to yourself, Lord, right now. I want to receive you as Lord, as Lord of my life. If you raise a hand, everybody raise their hand if that's the person. If you've been away from the Lord and you know that and he's drawing you and he's calling you and he's knocking at the door of your heart saying, come back. You're still my kid. You're still a part of my family. You're still a part of it, but I want you in it, not just a part of it, in it. And you need to come back to the Lord right now. I want you to raise your hand. Nobody looking. I'm going to pray with you. I see hands. I see a couple of hands. All right. Now everybody put both hands to heaven. Say, Lord Jesus, today's my day. Today is my right now with you. In my full return, in a full heart of surrender, in a full heart of commitment to you right now, I take you as full-on Lord and full-on Savior right now. I receive forgiveness. I receive restoration through my repentance today. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Amen. Let's praise him now. Amen. Come on. Come on. Yeah, praise him. Go ahead. Praise him like you mean it. Praise him like you mean it. Come on. Let's lift the roof. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on. Come on.